This episode of Horror Movie Talk brought to you by BoxBox, the ultimate unboxing experience delivered to your doorstep every month. Sign up to BoxBox today to receive a box filled with five to ten smaller boxes of various sizes and materials. There's something for everyone. Plastic boxes, leather boxes, good old-fashioned corrugated cardboard, fabric boxes, glass boxes, wood for only $30 a month, BoxBox sends you a collection of boxes valued up to $50. Don't wait. These boxes are going quick. That's BoxBox, the monthly BoxBox. Sign up today. Hello and welcome to Horror Movie Talk, an opinionated and accidentally funny horror movie review show. Your panel of expert hosts each week are Dr. Bryce Hansen, who holds a PhD in spookology, and Professor David Day, the foremost expert on scare no-nos. New theatrical releases always get priority, but we also review older horror movies, both good and horrible. I'm Bryce Hansen. And I'm David Day. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Horror Movie Talk. We're going to be talking about 47 meters down uncaged. I got to tell you, man, I'm I'm pretty excited for this episode for a couple of different reasons. Uh, Some of the stuff we have uh, ready for you guys and this movie... All of it is culminating into a very nice. Uh, um, I don't know what do you what do you what do you call something that smells nice? I guess that's an aroma, but mm-hmm. this is more of a bouquet of awesomeness, right? Uh, again, let's uh, tell you about a couple things. First off, our website you can find us at horrormovietalk.com, all one word. There you can find links to all of our social media to connect with us. Um, Bryce, we do respond to people if you. You got to put the www in, in front sorry, of that. Sorry, sorry, sorry. HTTPS colon backslash backslash www.horrormovietalk.com. Okay, good. Yeah, now they'll know how to get to our site. Uh, we post new episodes every Wednesday, so please subscribe and leave us a rating on iTunes if you subscribe through there. We're trying to get up to... 200 ratings dude all you got to do is head on over there and hit that five star button that's all you got to do or you could go you know you could or go four star four I star mean, is fine i mean it's not great but it'll get us the review i would even i would even accept three star two two and one star come on just don't be a dick dude there was a guy who you guys should head on you if for nothing else to 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 check out the guy who late most lately trolled us on that gave us a one star review and said we were sheeple for right. who are trying Here, me... to peddle, who are trying to peddle the, or progress the the conspiracy that Hereditary is a good movie instead of a gigantic pile of shit, and his name was like Trolley McTrollerson or something like that. Let me let me find it. Um, I can read it right here. Uh, <laughs> the The title of the review is Sheeple, <laughs> one star. More BS from sheeple trying to convince people that Hereditary is not a dumpster fire. Written on August 10th by Cock Goblin. (laughs) You can say that again. K-O-K-K Goblin. Yeah. Um, And then we got... uh, What's our latest reviews other than that? We got some good reviews on here. The other other terrible one was... yeah. This isn't terrible, but it was more, we personally offended this person by our lack of research. Yeah. This was, it's, it's not like horrible, but um, was the title and it says, I've been looking for a 
for more horror podcasts to listen to, and I came upon this one. I listened to a couple and found myself somewhat disappointed. It was bad, but I feel like for <laughs> horror fans, you spend more time in the two I listened to crapping on the movies you did. Um, did crapping on the movies than you did finding things you enjoyed about them. Mm. You sometimes come off as complete a-holes, and for me, it was off-putting. Plus, you all give so much misinformation about one of the movies you reviewed that I was legit yelling at my phone. Okay, not really yelling. So, so I mean... He was very angry at her. I'll, well, I'll own a lot of that. Like, we do crap on movies um, a lot because, I mean, we are mo- <clears throat> movie critics or right. reviewers, I guess you could say. So, it's kind of part of the... It's kind of part of the whole yeah. thing. I, I mean, I don't, I, I'm not sure because I've only been doing this a year and just kind of at the amateur level, but it seems like something that, that the big and little dogs all do. Right. So we got a great show today. It's going to be good. I think we're a little split on this movie, so it should have a good discussion. We're going to be talking about, again, 47 meters down, uncaged. Uncaged. <laughs> We'll start out by giving a brief review and a score for the movie. We score on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being a miserable dredge that makes you angry, 5 being an average film, and 10 being so good that it transcends genre boundaries. After we give our score, we'll go into spoilers and take a deeper dive into what we liked and hated about the film. Probably mostly me, what I hated about the film, and mostly David, what he liked about the film on this one. Mm, I mean, I, th- I mean, look, I got plenty of beef with the film, but I can appreciate the nuance. Sure. <laughs> the nuance. <laughs> the nuance. Later, we'll be doing taglines, a bit where we come up with alternate taglines for the movie, and horror movie news. So we went and saw 47 meters down uncaged, and it took a great premise and solid jump scares, but still bored me for half of the film. Yeah, I mean, that's just like your opinion, man. Here's the trailer. I almost forgot to show you guys what I found this morning. That's a shark tooth. Uh-huh. I am going to take you to a place that no tourist would ever find in a million years chance of a lifetime Ryan they make human sacrifices here there's something there Forty-seven meters down, uncaged can be found. Can be found in theaters now. The film is about four American teen girls in Mexico who go scuba diving into a secret submerged Mayan city inside underwater caves. The Mayan caves hold more than just the Mayan version of the Terracotta Warriors. It also contains deadly albino great white sharks. You're forgetting blind deadly albino great white sharks, right? 
the sharks are blind, <laughs> but that presents no problem for them since their other senses are heightened. And these basic bitches keep screaming and clamoring about. With their air supply dwindling in the claustrophobic space, the girls and others get picked off one by one by the insatiable eating machines as they try to make their way out. That's that's the movie. That's how that's how yep. the movie happened. Yeah, that's how the movie happened. This movie has a lot going for it. It has a great premise, <laughs> some quality jump scares, like more than I mean, more than like Conjuring, more more than Annabelle. Uh, no, not more than The Conjuring, <laughs> but definitely a lot. And the ones that were there are. They're all high quality. Yeah, this these are the jump scares that they don't like have a four minute long lead up to the jump scare setting it up. Right. This is this is like literally this chomp. is a primal carnage jump scare. Right. For me though, all all of this is oh sorry. Yeah. So quality jump scares and delivers on the promise of brutal shark attacks. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it sure does. For me, though, all this is undercut by a boring paint by numbers and super on the nose script. Much like the Meg, 47 meters down, uncaged, has a script that is obviously simplified so that it is easier to translate for international audiences. What the script doesn't contain is a character that I care about or any interesting dialogue at all. In the end, I was cheering for the sharks to kill everyone, because at least that ending would make it interesting. This isn't a movie that I would recommend running to the theater for, but if you want to see a movie about sharks eating people, you will definitely enjoy this. While I did enjoy some moments of this film, I was checking my watch pretty much any time someone wasn't getting getting eaten by a shark. And it's not a long movie. It's like 89 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, it's not terrible, but it's also not very good. To me, I gave it a score of four out of ten. Wow. So um, if if you want to think of the intellectual inverse of Deep Blue Sea, that's this movie. It's it's about sharks. Uh, but there are like you said, there are no characters that you care about at all. Whereas in Deep Blue Sea, there's a story. There's a plot. There's characters that you care about. But there's not very many scares. There's just some tension and stuff like that. So, is that the one where Samuel L. Jackson gets like eaten? Mm -hmm. Like from the shark that jumps from fifty mm -hmm. feet away or mm -hmm. whatever? Yes. Yeah. So this is um, this. I think the difference between you and me and how we review movies is you go in with hope and I go in <laughs> fully dead, like dead to the world, and then you are let down. And I am always amazed that anything good happens at all. So it's like, wow, okay. So, so it's see, I'm not, I'm not sure that that's true in this case because I really had low expectations for this movie. Mm. It did outperform my expectations. I, I was expecting this to be like a three. I was it, expecting it ended up a, being a four. I was so expecting a two, maybe a one. Yeah. I haven't seen the original, um, but it, but I tell you what, it. It is it is nothing intelligent. There's nothing going on in this movie except for a very so, uh, settings that work for me. So okay, it's it's claustrophobic, which normally does not bother me. But now they're underwater, and and you can't see very far. Those things both bother me a lot. Mm -hmm. And then you you add like the the ambiance is all dark, which is is fine. It makes total sense. It's caves. It's a caves. It's not right. like it. It couldn't be anything other than dark. Right. Um, 
and then uh yeah i mean it just you you are i'm i am forced to care by virtue of the fact that i don't want to be in this situation and the whole i mean i was squirming a lot in this because just because of the the way it made you know the way it made me feel yeah and uh and so it it made me feel something and therefore i i like it enough to give it a six a six. All right. Because I felt something, Bryce. There you go. Um, yeah, Other I don't know your- why. I don't know why the claustrophobia and like the closed inness of the cave didn't bother me as much. I think the device that they use throughout that is trying to build tension is that they're running out of oxygen, and it's just like they're looking at a number, and you're like, I get it. That's the device that the movie chose, but in terms of like squeezing through tight spaces they don't i didn't feel like they use that as much as they could have oh you mean you mean the the 25 times where some unnamed girl said i'm stuck right uh, oh no i'm stuck and then there was no like there was no there's i mean they always got unstuck they're always like stuck inside like a tunnel but it was still like but a they good were 15 feet away from the shark's mouth while they were moving and not, clearly not stuck. And it was like, I mean, yeah. are you just trying? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. It's dumb. So uh, before we get into spoilers, let's talk about a couple things. Our Patreon uh, page. Yeah. What do we say? Just our Patreon. Yeah. Uh, you should check it out. You can go to horrormovietalk.com and then there's a, a button in the banner to go to our Patreon page. There, if you join and support the show, you'll get access to bonus content. Like Afterpods. Afterpods. And we did an episode on Chernobyl, the miniseries on HBO. Coming up, we'll probably do a couple bonus mini episodes on It, the miniseries from the 90s, before the uh, It Chapter 2 comes out. I'm thinking about I'm th- I'm going back in my mind to that first episode of Chernobyl and like how amazing was the, the the feeling that I got from that was like it was so intense and I can't believe that it happened in real life. Yeah. You know, like those people just getting fried by radiation, just crazy. Yeah. Um other ways you can support the podcast again in the 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 banner of the website, there's a link to Amazon. If you click through there, buy pretty much anything. Um, if, you, if you listen to a review of a movie and you want to rent a movie that's on Amazon or buy the Blu-ray, click through from our website and then we'll get a little taste of that. <clears throat> a supporter of the show, Shudder, the horror movie streaming service, is uh, giving an exclusive offer to our listeners. If you use code HMT at checkout, you'll get a 30-day free trial to Shudder. Hey, if you guys... uh, I wanted to reach out and just... uh, This is going to be a little bit of a normal thing for a little bit because I want to make sure our listeners hear me when I say, if you want to write about horror movies, then guess what? We got a place for that writing to live. Um, if you enjoy horror movies and want to write for us, Horror Movie Talk, then you could be featured on our blog. And if it sounds like fun, it is. So just reach out to us on Facebook or Twitter or our website, and we'll be happy to see what you got. You don't have to. 
There are no, you know, deadlines. There's no forced topics, nothing like that. If you want ideas, we have tons of ideas, like a big old pool of ideas that you can you can write about. But of course, whatever floats your boat or tickles your dickle, then you can you can just do that. And uh, and so, yeah, reach out to us to to be featured on the Horror Movie Talk blog. And lastly, and this might derail <laughs> conversation for a little bit because well, we got to talk about surf, the Positivicast. Surf on through. Yeah, what is the Positivicast? The Positivicast is David Day's own independent project that might break up the Beatles like Whoa. Yoko Ono. Whoa. No, probably not. But it's a daily positive podcast that's uh, five to seven minutes long, would you say? Uh, three to five. I don't know that I've ever gone over six. Okay. So three to six minutes long of just little bite-sized nuggets of positivity to make you happy at the beginning of your day. Subscribe at positivacast.com or any of your podcast platforms. And we had a conversation about the Positivacast yesterday. And yeah. I, and it got a little prickly and there's there's it's still confusing to me there (laughs) it did affect horror movie talk in a little way because we lost our one of our patreon subscribers because of it yeah patrons because of it yeah we did so let me play a clip so i mean how would you set up the positivicast like when you when you say it it's positively the most positive absolutely positively the most positive podcast in the entire universe and basically it's me trying to just trying to lighten your day and uh and give you a jolt of uh you know of just um make you laugh make you make you think about being nice to somebody um, or or being nice to yourself or something like that. Right, right. And uh, I like listening to it because you can definitely tell that you've got topics and you're not, you know, completely winging it. But I can tell when I'm you're, when totally you're... winging the whole thing. <laughs> like it's I I sit in my chair as I'm recording and I'm like, uh, what's in front of me? And then it's like a comic book. And I'm like, oh, comics are a force for positivity. And then I go into reading and stuff like that. Yeah. So this was um, last Thursday's episode of the Positivicast mm. on Rice Krispies. Right. Which, Rice Krispie which treats. Which I can get on board with. Um, I mean, it's only f- five minutes long. We could listen to the whole thing, but I'm going to try to skip to... The the part in question. Yeah, I think it's about a minute 30 or so. Make your day better today. And I think the answer is Rice Krispie Treats. Listen up. Rice Krispie Treats have done me good throughout my life. Maybe not my, maybe not my waist size. Maybe not the bags under my eyes. Maybe not the crippling diabetes, but my attitude has become one of abject awesomeness because every time I take a bite into a homemade Rice Krispie treat, that's just a, that's just a good day right there. There's just no way that day can be bad. You know, if, uh, if there's, you know, if there's something bad going on in the world, you know, like a lot of people remember 
um, 9-11 as a real bad time in their life. But you know what? I woke up that morning bitten into a Rice Krispie Treat, and that's all I can remember. I don't even know what happened that day. Uh, I had a cup of coffee and a Rice Krispie Treat, and boom. I don't know what y'all are so upset about. I think about 9-11, and all I got is a Rice Krispie Treat crashing into my mouth hole. And it was... And it was delicious. It was delicious. <laughs> so, uh, to me, uh huh. I mean, I've got a pretty dark sense of humor, right? And it's uh, why we work. And I'm a big fan of Norm Macdonald. Norm Macdonald definitely makes fun of 9/11 all the time, or invokes 9/11 for humor. Well, I don't. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say I was um, making fun of it. <laughs> I'm just so what what happened with uh with our patron oh 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 so my buddy yeah so our patron um wh- who we will we won't include his name in this we'll beep that out oh we will yeah um he 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 sent me a text and he was like I don't know if that's the best subject for the positive cast and I was like <laughs> What do you mean? And he was like, "Well, not." What do you mean? He was like, "9/11 is a pretty serious thing." I was like, "I, I don't know exactly what you're talking about." And um, and uh, and then we got into a discussion about how comedy works, and you know, I I um, I said uh, something to the extent like I was like, "Oh man, you know, like my my comedy like." golden god is mel brooks and like 10 years after um you know the the war he made the producers basically calling hitler gay but my buddy was a little bit drunk when he read that and so it came across as me trying to defend hitler (laughs) to him and so that so i think he got angry he got a little heated and he left uh he uh, but but I'm still a little bit confused just as to exactly what the what the problem is and even where the joke is, <laughs> you know, <coughs> so I feel can like you I, tell, can you I, tell I, me I was, what was, hap- what did happen on 9-11? I I was on Steam chat talking with with David about this and I was like, well, you know, your friend kind of got a point i mean about what pretty serious and if you're doing a podcast about positivity it's not really aligned with the brand well to i talk mean talk about 9/11. i mean i'm the brand I'm, for most people 9-11's kind of a downer oh okay man maybe we could get into why because i'm still just not sure that rice crispy treat really did black out a lot of that so, day for me so the joke for david is that he for the rice crispy treat made him forget or not take in the information about 911 but for some reason just 911 stuck out to you it was such a good rice crispy apparently no it's it's because everybody else keeps saying it <clears throat> they're like <laughs> like nine eleven, nine eleven, and of course, you know it's an easy number to remember because it's what the number you dial in an emergency, right? So, trying to explain to David that it's not, you know, in general, if you're going to make a podcast about positivity, you don't. One of the topics that you kind of steer clear of is the nation's one of the nation's most recent 
tragedies? I mean, I just think it's important to make people laugh. And and if it doesn't if it doesn't land, that's on me. Or maybe it's on them. I don't. It depends on 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 you know how it hits everybody. And right. And for me, that that joke was hilarious. And to this, I I still love it. It is it is funny. <laughs> I agree. I just there's look and there's the, a context situation. The other. Where, Whereas, like, you could also tell that joke at your daughter's, like, fifth birthday, but I don't know if it would be appropriate or it would be as funny as if it was, like, on this show. The other the other aspect of it is, you know, I, I don't have, I don't really have very many, many listeners. <laughs> and, and so I find this to be a playground that I can kind of do what I want in. Right. And... And uh, and if some of that stuff ends up being controver- controversial, dark, or or funny, well, that's I mean I I en- then I welcome that because that, I I think that you know I think bombing is an important part of of growing as as someone who's funny or witty right. witty yes true I just come at it from trying to help you out and just like give you an outside perspective mm. that for most people right. Especially people that are seeking out a podcast to help them become positive. Yeah, and see I think the bright they side do, I think they need to lighten up. They need to learn how to to lighten up. In general, I think that you might be harming yourself more than helping yourself to joke about nine eleven. I mean, it's hard to know between. <laughs> It's hard to. It, it really is hard to know because because I have way more downloads on it. Now than I did prior to the Rice Krispie episode. <coughs> and can we continue with that episode? Because, by the way, it continues with, with Rice Krispie treats. Okay, I, we don't have to continue with it, but let me just, let me just, like, let y'all know. You can make them easy. And you know what? On my Positivacast feed, I, I came up with an idea. I was like, this Rice Krispie episode is so controversial. Maybe it's because, maybe it's because, I didn't come up with enough good, like, Rice Krispie recipes, so here's one for y'all. <laughs> you make Rice Krispie treats with, okay, obviously Kellogg's Rice Krispies, but also Peeps brand marshmallows. So you buy yourself some Peeps, you melt them down, and now you got a Peep-flavored Rice Krispie treat. All right. So I'm just, I mean, I'm just spitballing. I'm, I, I just want my listeners to be happy with the product. <laughs> Anyways, we'll talk more about the, uh, the positive cast and, and potential 9-11 joke fallout in the after pod today. I, I don't know what the joke is, but okay. Yeah, yeah. Just feel like I'm going crazy. I have to explain that 9-11 is not a good topic around positivity well I'm, I don't I'm, know. it's it's an example to show you how bad something can be ma- how something bad can be made good with rice krispies or jokes sure make people laugh make them laugh make them laugh i mean the onion came out like days after days after 9-11 with just a scorching series of a barrage of you know jokes about it Right. Same with that Hebdo thing. But that's also, you know, the onion. I mean, why can't the Positivacast be the onion? Cause is the Positivacast there to be a scorching social 
like sardonic it's only comedy it's, it's in or its, is it it's in its infancy we don't really know what it is yet <laughs> <laughs> and the next one's about coffee that's my second episode about coffee, by the way, and I, I stand by that. And both then you make those. a joke about the Holocaust, right? No, I, there's <laughs> what is there to joke about the Holocaust? That's not funny. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Bryce! What the fuck is the matter with you? <laughs> this guy. All right, let's get into spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers. Let's get back into 47 meters down uncaged. uncaged. Sorry. Uncaged. Damn, son. So, first off, I mean, this is kind of an overarching thing that I want to talk about. The, the music in this film is a weird amalgamation of 80s pop hits and atmospheric electronic it's very Score. it's very strange. It's like uh it's like we've come full circle in in cultural uh in in society and culture, in pop culture. Like now it's this feels like a nineteen eighty seven movie track for like a a light rom com. Yeah, it's like very counter programmed like they play we've only just begun. <laughs> And it's, yeah, it's not even, it's just so out of place that it's not even like sarcastic or like witty. It's just like, what? And they got this like teenage or like 22 year old dude. <laughs> yeah. I'll talk about that later. That's who's like bopping. He's like, mm, 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 mm. We'll, we'll talk about that. I've got a bullet point, especially for that. Cause that's a very special moment. Um, the opening shot of the movie is our protagonist, Mia, jumping question mark into some water it's super slow-mo and artsy there's a couple shots in this movie where they just go full-on art house where it's like super slow-mo and stylized yeah. and you're like but it's such they're like always it, such non sequiturs that it's like i don't get why it's a shot you might see in a 1980s Madonna music video or something like that or 90s Madonna music video. And I don't know why. I, I, did you ever see the first one? No. I don't know if that's a holdover from the first one or if the director is just trying to get more creative with it. But anyways, we see that she was pushed into a pool at school because her book bags and books and stuff are in the water with her. I can't believe we're going to try to attempt to suss out the storyline in this yeah. thing. And she's pushed into the pool by some mean girls, just cookie cutter mean girls. I noticed mean girls in shitty movies, their entire character is just laughing among themselves. <laughs> there's there's no reason. It's just their their motivation is to... <laughs> I mean, I Together. don't. Yeah, but so like I was so unable to get or be around girls at that time. That very well could be the way that they were. And I wouldn't know about it. I will know eventually. Um, hope. Well, I guess hopefully not. I hope I don't raise a mean girl. It's just such a short code to have just to like <clears throat> to have mean girls that are mean yeah. for, for no apparent reason. Right. And I guess it's a decent device, but it doesn't really pay off and there's no reason for it 
other than to show that the protagonist is picked on and she's kind of shy. But but even then, like it just I mean, it didn't it doesn't it doesn't add anything to the movie. Like the protagonist could have been super fun and outgoing and it would have been the same movie. A hundred percent the same movie. Because there's no character arc. None. (laughs) At the end, when they call back to the mean girl, it's like the the it movie, just made me scratch my head. The I'm movie like, was confused about the, how the mean girl, like the mean girl, <laughs> like it was almost as if they shot it out of sequence. <laughs> yeah. It was just strange and everyone was confused. Um, and we'll get back to that at the, at the end. So the setting of the film is in Mexico and I was confused because I didn't remember if they said it outright, but you picked up that it was on the Yucatan Peninsula. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know if I said that right. Yeah, it's, Yucatan. It's Yucatan. Uh, probably around uh, Cancun. Yeah. But everyone, like everyone, is American and speaking English. Isn't that, isn't that how Mexico like, is? No Mexicans, no Spanish anywhere in this film. You know how hard we try and get into Mexico. Like it's... <laughs> it's so weird that there's no there's no like found there's there's no connecting material to the place that they're I, in I think or I, why they are in it's like they took a New York private school hmm. cut it out of the earth and yeah. transported it to Mexico for this film I think I see where you're going with this and I don't know it doesn't explain why there's just this giant group of expats that are in a private school and that so we need to be going after the creators of this movie in the studio to why didn't you cast like why didn't why I mean it's supposed to be in Mexico why didn't you cast a why didn't you give these roles to yeah why isn't it an all-mexican cast right I well, know. I mean, it's now's the time. I did like the movie, but I don't like the undertone now. The undertow. So, Maya or Mia, was it Mia or Maya? It doesn't matter. Mia, it, it really doesn't matter. The names are interchangeable in this movie. All the girls don't really have their own character. But anyways, Maya's sister, Sasha, doesn't like her for no reason. It's her stepsister. Um, she even says this line of dialogue, it's not my fault nobody likes her. Mia. And then her dad's like, hey, shame on you, girl. I thought you were better than that. Yeah, it's like, you didn't raise me at all, dad. You're my stepdad. (laughs) Ugh. So there's no reason why Sasha is really very mean to Mia or doesn't stick up for her. Oh, Sasha. I'm sorry. Sasha. (laughs) And, uh, there... And it doesn't really ever explain it. And again, there's no real character arc around that relationship. It's um, it's just like such it's wasted space. It's like they took everything that's not a shark attack in this movie is like packing peanuts. Yeah. Of of storyline. It's like they put in the shark attack in the box and they're like, well, we can't just let this jumble around. We need to f- fill it with. Uh, with a bunch of basic bitches, hmm. and uh, <laughs> that's an important uh, ingredient, and some kind of family tension. I don't know because that's what movies are made out of. So their dad is a underwater archaeologist? Question mark? Question mark? 
I think they just called those archaeologists. Yeah, he made a new discovery of some connecting tunnel to some ancient ruins. And he can't spend time with Mia because he needs to set up the new site for archaeology. Excavation. And he instead gets them tickets to a glass-bottom boat ride to see sharks feed. Mm. So you're thinking, this is where the sharks come in. Nope. Nope. Swippity swap. Swip swap. Instead of going on that glass boat, <laughs> glass bottom boat ride, Mia and uh, Sasha ditch those plans to go with two of Sasha's friends to a secret lake. So let's let's line out who the four main oh, characters man, are. I can't believe you're going to name these people. It's so they're so interchangeable. So I tried to find. What was the character trait that they tried to imbue on each character? And it was so difficult because it's so thin. So Bryce is really going to bat for you people. Mia, she's the protagonist. She's played by Sophie Nelise. This is her first movie as an adult. She was she was like. So she's 19 in this movie, the actress. And uh, she's been in other stuff like the book thief and stuff as a as a kid and her character trait is shy shy yeah shy yeah right um mousy um sure bookish she, i she, mean is she though she, she was knowledgeable where others were not and okay. they and they would roll their eyes at her they'd be like oh smart who's okay. what kind of girl is smart Ugh. positive stereotypes i think not not in this movie <laughs> okay then sasha the stepsister is played by Kareen Fox, which is Jamie Foxx's daughter. Is it? Is she really? Yeah. Wow. And um, what is her character trait? Well, um, I guess I'd say, uh, yeah, basic bitch. Yeah. Yeah, basic bitch. And then Alexa, played by Brianne Tju. Tju? 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 Uh, she's... Her character is a slightly more empathetic basic bitch. Mm. Was she she was the Asian girl? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, she was yeah, she was empathetic basic bitch. And she her father or something was also involved in the dig or something um somehow. Yeah, something Round something. About. It wasn't very I'm clear. Asian, so <laughs> I'm also smart. Um and then finally Nicole Hmm. Played by Sistine Rose Stallone, which is Sylvester Stallone's daughter. Dang. Um, and she was the pushy basic bitch. She was... I mean, they were all gorgeous, but she was gorgeous. Yeah, she was nice. Stallone... That was Stallone's girl, huh? Yeah. I'll be done. And he's, she's like... Like two feet taller than him. Yeah, let's uh, let's take a moment, step back from this film a little bit and say like really like really this is about showing butts in bikinis <laughs> like not but it doesn't even really deliver on that specifically butts no boobs butts this is if you're a butt man this movie tries a little bit to cater to you it's and, not even a woman it doesn't even deliver on that though oh i don't know i think it could have done so much on, better you know what it delivered on it's kind of sitting over there next to you going <laughs> What it delivered on more than anything was feet kicking towards the camera. Ooh, yeah. Look at those feet. If you're a foot a yeah. foot person. Quentin Tarantino would love this movie. Woo! Wait! 
those feet, though. Yeah, I never understood that fetish. It just doesn't. I think that's one of those things where it's either a switch that's in your brain that's either on or off, and you right. either totally get it or it just makes no sense to you. Yeah. Um, and then, so they, Sasha's friends convince her to go to this other place instead of the <laughs> glass bottom boat. And as they're driving away, Sasha, get this, she flips off the mean girl. What? And the, <laughs> I, I was, okay. So the mean girl is devastated by this. Like, that's what you get. An affront upon her good name. Just, she is, you could see her just whole demeanor fall because she got flipped off by Sasha. Man, you were paying a a little bit more attention than me. I don't remember even a little bit of this. Like, I'm trying, because I was trying to figure out how are they going to use this mean girl? I was too busy, like, concentrating on the tremendous amount of logical inconsistencies in this movie. (laughs) Like, I was blown away by how much was ignored or just outright overlooked or forgotten about. Okay. All right. Tell me. Oh, man. Okay. So, first of all, supposedly, like, this cave system was uh, where the Mayans... Like, like, first of all, they put their dead, right? This was a, a burial ground, like a tomb. And a sacrificial chamber. Right. A catacomb, if you will, and for the Mayans. And then once the Spaniards came, the Mayans began using these catacombs like they hollowed them out. They, they, they utilized them in a practical sense to escape the Spaniards and, you know, using a tunnel system. Wow, I did not catch any of that okay this is what i was concentrating on i was like what the what the fuck is because okay so i took a decent amount of anthropology uh, uh, archaeological anthropology in college Uh it was very interesting to me so it uh so anyway i'm like okay but it's 30 47 meters underwater now (laughs) what happened to the sea levels how was this underwater now right but 500 years ago totes cool bro like (laughs) it's how was this occupied by people david global warming oh well i don't think i don't even if all the ice in the world melted tomorrow i don't think we'd be 50 feet underwater or 50 meters underwater yeah. That's insane. That's a tremendous amount of water. Yeah. So they never explain it. They never explain that. There's uh, there's plenty of circumstances where the girls are quote unquote lost in the caves, but there's there's lighting that has been rigged up. There there's lighting that has been rigged up by the previous uh, archaeologists uh-huh. to light the the cave system. And guess what? They're not Running on batteries, they have a visible electrical cord. Right. And then the other thing is... You just follow the cord. Yeah. The the lights were actually lit. They were lit. That's, that's the thing. Like, just go toward the light. The other thing is, if it's an, like an actual place where people at one time lived or worked or whatever, it had like stairways and therefore it had paths. Right. Just follow the path but it was dusty but they go into they go into like like actual cave corridors and stuff 
like vertically and hort and like yeah. downward and they they went in caves that people would not build a way out of right right anyways and so, then yeah, and then how do fish scream underwater what's that about how is the fish making oh, yeah. sound at you? Yeah, the like, fish screamed at me. There was so much of this movie that I was just like, wow, I can't believe that. Uh, but but we were the only people in the theater and one other guy. Yeah. And we were all, like, every part of it was like, <laughs> you know, it was, it was just that kind of movie. Where did like, you get much? I couldn't see the, the guy on the other side of you. What kind of reaction did he have throughout exactly the Exactly like what we had. Really? Yes. Was he laughing at it? Yes. Awesome. Yeah. Um. So they go to this this lake and they discover scuba equipment that's being left there for future archaeologists to come and use. I don't know why they would just leave it out in the open. I mean, I've seen on that a floating raft. I've seen that kind of thing done. Uh, like, like far out in the woods. It's just one of these things where it's it's completely impractical for anyone to steal it. Okay. That's one thing that kind of makes sense okay. a little. And then they decide, of course, to go dive and see the sunken Maya, Mayan city. Uh, Mia doesn't want to go, but she submits to peer pressure from Nicole, the pushy yeah. girl. Mm-hmm. And so they all swim down. Again, why uh, isn't this Mayan city explored or used in the script at all? It's literally just set dressing. Yeah. Um well, shut up. And it doesn't... It has, like, these statues. No effort. Very much like the terracotta soldiers yeah. in China. But it never explains why. Are they sarcophagus? Like, what are they? Like, what, what's going on? Yeah, it's all just an excuse to put skulls in a cave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, they never mention why it's underwater. No. Ever. Um, they make a big point early on to to say don't kick around too much do small movements or else you'll kick up silt and we won't be able to see anything and then the movie becomes silt fest 2019 yeah and yeah almost immediately after the first one uh, first attack they kicked up a shit ton of silt and that is like yeah, it's kind of effective. You can't see anything and you can't see the it's, scary shark. It's murky. Oh man, my ultimate nightmare. Uh, so actually, the my friend who who uh, had a problem with my uh, well, not necessarily a problem. It was a more of a misunderstanding because he was drunk. But um, but he goes scuba diving, and and his his parents did too in his youth, and so he has been like he's told regaled me with stories of. Of, of scuba diving and scuba diving at night in like lakes and stuff. Oh, I can't it like I can't. There's he's got one story where he's like ascending. So he's coming up out of the water. And and as he does, he's he's like seeing on the sides of him like things coming down, like coming down toward him. And then he starts feeling things touching his head, like pushing down on him. And I, th- I think this is at night. And and it's you know, alarming to him and he's starting to freak out and he realizes that he's coming up into a tree that had fallen down into the water and was mm. jutting down. Into, and so everything he saw around was branches that he was ascending into. Oh. There's also another story he has where there's where he's he's at, at night. It's in the San Juan Islands. And then the very next day where he was 
there's a gigantic pot of orcas. And he's like, (laughs) I know they don't attack people, but Jesus, can you imagine like the water's murky? You come face to face with something that kills great white sharks for food. (laughs) Be upset. So so that was my impression of an orca, by the, the way. Oh. Mm, yeah. Oh, uh, cheese at the feds. Oh, um, yeah. I don't know. The setting is ex- <laughs> everything that works for this movie for me is about the setting, the situation, and the scares. See, that's the thing because I don't think they full fully took advantage of the setting. Underwater cave diving is one of the most dangerous things. Yeah, there's so much that can go wrong. Oh, yeah. That it all goes wrong in this only one. Only super professional people could do it. So like, well, they fucking die. Setting Bryce. setting that up as this is a very dangerous thing that we shouldn't be doing as novices or as as amateurs. And then they proceed to die. And then they, oh yeah, I guess they proceed. To die. <laughs> Anyways, um, the dialogue in this movie. I can't underline how shitty the dialogue is. It is very There's a bad. moment where one of the girls says, holy, and then the other girl finishes it with crap. Yeah. Yeah, there's some... It's it's intentionally kept PG-13. It is definitely one of those kind of movies. The dialogue is as basic as the bitches in this movie. True. Is what I wrote down in my True. notes. True. Here's... This is a clip that they played on Good Morning America. This is like the marketing clip Ooh. of this is what you'll get in the movie. It's going to be This is just a sim- sample of what's going on here. Okay, we don't have much of a choice as far as I can see. Everyone needs to stay close, okay? But what about the shark? We can do this, Alexa. It's going to be okay. Okay, come on. Let's go. That's the audience on Good Morning America. But, you know, just high quality crazy dialogue good. right crazy there. Crazy good. Everything is, we need to do this, and we're doing this now. It's pithy. And now this thing is happening. It's pithy. You can dig into it. You'll be thinking about it at night. <laughs> it will make it hard to sleep because of how disturbing it is. Yeah. So they go through these caves. Um, they get... they. They get scared by a scary fish. Boy, man. Not a shark. And then they come across um, this boy, Ben. And I can't... I'm not sure if he was a brother or just an acquaintance or a worker with their father. Maybe. Anyways, he was in the cave and... He's played by Davi Santos, best known for his role as the Gold Ranger on Power Rangers Dino Charge. Whoa. And he was the first death, sudden death, by a shark. That was like the first jump scare, really, because he he gets eaten real good. Yeah. And they, yeah, kick, he, up a, yeah. they kick up all the silt. They all panic. That That's kind of the, the, the major takeaway for the character decisions in this movie is when in doubt panic panic hard yeah but i i mean this is one of those things where i i i can like i would be 
I would there would be so much shit in the water. I would just poop and poop and poop right. and poop and then scream and scream and scream and run and swim and like I would be a wreck. Yeah. So the biggest strength is, of this movie is that all the shark attacks come pretty unexpected unexpectedly. And that's impressive. It is and it's it's by virtue of the fact that you're always expecting it. It's it's always pretty right. it's always pretty high 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 stakes feeling. Right. And so the rest of the film is just is just the girls trying to find their way out going to another space and getting it's getting lost or caught or their their escape route getting closed off. And getting attacked by sharks. It's and so, so I can't believe we're doing a, a whole episode on it. Like we could stop right. I'm, I'm. We could basically stop talking about it right now. That the rest of the movie is killing people in these. Okay, these. Uh, okay, I'll, 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 I'll segue into something that's worth talking about. About this movie is the jump scares are loud and they are crunchy and terrifying and like these sharks are fucking horrifying looking yeah it's a great design on the shark these albino sharks with like white eyes um it's it's they're genuinely i mean great white sharks are already scary looking these sharks they evolved to have no sight down here in these caves this huge apparently a population of sharks big enough to sustain a population yeah that are all breeding in this cave system for millennia until they di- diverge enough from regular great white sharks right. to be blind and have heightened other senses and look like gnarly sharks. Right. Like, yeah, the, the everything about the sharks worked really well. Yeah. Except the explanation Except for how for, they... Yeah, why are they so big? <laughs> Technically, also, the film is impressive. I mean, can you imagine shooting this film? Just any film that's completely underwater. Yeah. That's true. I uh, I wonder how they do that. I wonder if they if they actually shot the whole thing underwater. They did. I saw on an, inter- on an interview that they said th- most of it was filmed in a underwater soundstage in London. Like all of the cave shots, everything was was on a, in a soundstage. Underwater soundstage. And I then, can't believe something that expensive sounding exists. Oh yeah, I mean they there's movies that film underwater all the time, but just not a whole movie necessarily. And then the above ground shots they shot in the Dominican Republic. But the so the sharks are great. The next big death comes when they are following the the uh the line that Ben had laid out to find his way back and then they arrive at another opening where the black guy named Carl the other young Carl man back there and this is the part that pulled me out and just made me confused <laughs> he's rocking out like rocking out to in excess <laughs> Just While like, he's working, what was underwater. The song? Um, oh, what was the song? I wrote it down. We got the look. We got the look. Yeah, she's we got, the, got look. the look. I think that's in, in excess. Yeah, we got the look. She no, got no, the no, look. No, no. no it's not, you're singing a different song. Oh, 
She, we got the beats. We got the beats. We yeah, that's what. Um, bu- 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 bu. was it? We got is the song I'm singing. We got the beat. Yes. Yeah. We got the beat. So she got the look. Na 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 na. Whatever song that is, I can't. I can't remember what it's called. Okay. Um. Can you keep going with that? But she. Sounds he is like good. rocking out, and I don't know. Maybe I'm just racist. But it just doesn't feel <laughs> like a young black man, probably yeah. born in like the 2000s or late 90s, this would just is, be rocking out to in excess underwater. This would not belong on the Positivicast. Plus, this is that's a really inefficient way to play music underwater is to have a literal stereo speaker. You would think so. But it works. It does work. Does it? Yes, it does. I've installed underwater speakers in a very rich man's pool. Huh. You want to know whose pool? Whose? David Boyd of Boyd's Coffee. That's right. Wow. The coffee that you drink at airports exclusively. Wow. I installed eight underwater speakers in his pool. It was drained out, and I did it. For almost uh, minimum wage. <laughs> so next they find me and Sasha's dad, played by Josh Corbett, which you might recognize from My Big Fat Greek Wedding and Northern Exposure. So the dad finds the girls, and they he leads them to the surface where there is one rope to climb up. Okay, which gals. You think if calmly and coolly. <clears throat> if there was only... One way to get out of your, you know, archaeological dig where there's supposedly going to be a team of people going in and out of there. You'd think you'd want more than just a rope. Mm, maybe. maybe at least another rope for redundancy. I don't know. Maybe. But he sets, them, sets up, uh, what's her name? Sasha or Alexa, which also, by the way. It's distracting because I kept thinking about Amazon Alexa whenever they're yelling out Alexa's name. She had the best booty, by the way. Alexa, please stop the sharks. Yeah. Alexa, Alexa, Alexa stop the sharks. Now everybody's angry at us because their Alexa's going off. Yeah. <laughs> <coughs> you know, as you listen to Horror Movie Talk right next to your Alexa on speakerphone. Alexa, subscribe to Horror Movie Talk. <laughs> Got him. Got him. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so th- th- so to, to to help everybody understand exactly what's going on, like you cannot ex- exit these ca- these caves just by walking away. You know, these are underground. These are uh, inverse funnels. Basically, the sides of this of these caves are, you know, they're they're vertical more than vertical. They're re- reverse vertical. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're not helping. Okay. Um, so you you can't get the only way you can get out of of these these caves is by by climbing a rope. Yeah. So it's a yeah. In in Mexico, they would call it a Sinaloa, Sinaloa, which is a sinkhole. <laughs> the, the most frightening phenomenon in the world i wouldn't want to be caught in one but i mean definitely wouldn't be caught in so there's a rope and it's got like the the uh pull-up pulley system where you put up one carabiner and then kick your feet down below and it pulls you up and then you move it up kind of thing okay um anyway so it has a system to climb up the rope and (laughs) another part that shows how weird this script is 
they all cheer. They're like, ah, wow, that looks fun. Yay. Yeah. As she's yeah. going up the rope. And I I'm just like, witnessed two people die. <clears throat> Hooray. Yeah. Two like close acquaintances and friends like viciously get ripped apart. And they're like by giant great white sharks. Climbing ropes is fun. <laughs> yay. And then uh, I was saying yay because. <laughs> and then, of course, the sharks appear out in that little opening in, on the surface and they all panic because that's the default thing and then nicole the pushy girl starts clambering on up the rope and they're like no it can't it can't hold two people she had the best booty it was her right right uh sylvester stallone's daughter she clambers up the rope and they're and the dad's like no it's not built to carry two people and i'm like two super skinny teenage girls like it's not did you like calculate? Okay, let's let's see. We got a bunch of burly men. Yeah, because that dude was at, that dude was at <clears throat> least two ten, and those yeah. girls together were two ten. Right. So, th- did they calculate? Okay, the heaviest man we have is two sixty. So we better make sure this rope is tested at two sixty one. Let's make sure the steel braided cable can only hold two hundred and sixty one pounds. Yes. <laughs> So the the rope, of course, breaks and falls down into the water, and then they're trapped. And then the Nicole girl gets eaten, and the father, I think. Yeah, probably. And the dad. Anyways, they all get. It eaten. was every every time somebody gets eaten, it is shocking. Like I can't believe they managed to keep this PG thirteen, and I think they did it by virtue of it being dark. Like you didn't get to see the the tremendous amount of viscera that was, but like people got chewed in half very yeah. quickly and with savage force. It was, they were great deaths. Yeah. Uh, for some reason they dis- discover that this alarm signal with a red light scares the sharks for some reason, but it Sound. doesn't really so scare it. I don't, I couldn't tell what okay, they were doing so, there. So here's a little, here's a little tidbit that I bet you'll enjoy. Uh, a connection that I made so that so, yes, uh, Bryce is alluding to a um, basically an alarm, uh, a little module, like a little GPS unit, only it's it's just made to make light and sound and and have a little transponder in it that is that goes off in an emergency mode when you press a button so that if something goes wrong with you, people can find you underwater in a cave. And this thing is loud enough and, um, I don't know, maybe bright enough to upset these sharks and make them go away. So when it's on, when this little beacon is activated, the sharks go away and they use this to their advantage to swim through the caves for a short amount of time until the beacon just, for no apparent reason, stops working and the sharks can start ignoring it. Now... Do you remember at the start of this movie, they're, they're swimming around in the, in, and they see the little, they call it a Mexican tetra, the little fish that they see swimming around. Yeah. And then the fish screams at them. Why did the fish scream? Well, the fish evolved the scream to scare away the sharks. Oh my God. I made that connection in my brain box. Wow. Yep, yeah. yep, 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 yep. So I think, I think you're giving way too much credit to this script. There's no way that they would have actually thought about that. Why else would the fish scream, though? <clears throat> why else? Why s- else would the fish scream at the girls? Be like, <laughs> to scare people in the movie theater. Mm. It's as simple as that. I like my description of it. <laughs> so they go back under and find an underwater whirlpool. 
apparently. Whirlpool. 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 And they uh, lose Alexa. She gets like... Well, first, like, Sasha gets swept down, and it's very confusing. They're like, oh, no, she's dead now. And I'm like, is she? Why? What? How did she die? It's there's nothing. There's and then no, and can't. then uh, Alexa gets eaten by a shark, or something. Something. It's all just kind of weird. It's it's they it's literally just, just get they all get picked off one by one throughout the in a steady in a oh. in a steady pace across all the movie. Yeah. Do you if you remember uh, any of the Simpsons fans out there? <coughs> hey, Magnus, I know what's up. If you remember that part where uh, where Homer says to the to the pie on the counter on the counter, "Hey, I'm gonna bite air like this." Hum, 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 hum. And if you get in the way, that's your own fault. And they, hum, hum, hum. that was just that was the shark in this movie. He's like, "Hey, I'm gonna come down this cave," and then going like this. Hum, no, hum. see the better Simpsons references Homer and Hell Homer and Hell eating the and donuts the, I was thinking about that as well yeah where where they're feeding them an unlit oh you like donuts do you well how about all an the entire, donuts in the world and they just have this donut feeder to them and you just help 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 and then and they, they run, run out, out of donuts, out of donuts. <laughs> and he's like, like more <laughs> give me more yeah those sharks I mean I I got this distinct impression for the first half of this movie that there was only one shark but and, there's not. There's there's at least two. And that shark was so hungry. He was the <laughs> hungriest shark ever. He was like, there's never been someone down here for 500 years to eat. And those people were... And it was dry here then. So, uh, so they come to the surface, which I found was a missed opportunity for tragically killing them with the bends. <laughs> yeah, that no, Ben's is not a concern. They've been down underneath, like way below forty meters, and uh, they've four, been at forty-seven meters. They've been at forty-seven, me- actually forty-eight a meter, forty-eight meters, according to the director, because it's one better than the first film. And they, uh, they, they spent like what, like several hours under there, and then what's the- just rush up to. Now that same friend who told me all that stuff the other week, he was telling me how um, how uh, scuba diving works, and he said that there's like a threshold where it doesn't matter, you know. Right. And it's I think I think it's like 25 meters or something like yeah. that. Or they're they're feet. well below it. Okay, so they're like in the zone where you definitely like you coming up from to here. You need to decompressionize. Okay. Yeah. But no, they just swim up and then it's they're fine because. You know, movies, movies, and then guess where they come up? Um, right next to that glass bottom boat with their classmates on it. They're chumming the water, bro. They're chumming the water, and then there's normal sharks, uh, normal great white sharks. Oh no! Lots of them, and they get bit. <laughs> and then the movie ends. And then the movie ends. My favorite part of this was another like weird inconsistency the girls swim up to the glass bottom of the boat and tap on the window they're like hey hey we're right here we're getting eaten by sharks let us us. in let Let us into the glass bottom boat and then they they surface then it cuts away to a far away shot of the boat and how far away are the girls from like 20 30 feet away from the boat they were just tapping on the glass yeah and now they surface and they're like, oh, we got a long ways to go before we get to that boat. A couple sharks in between us and there. And who knows yeah. how it's going to end up. 
you know, you just normally, in general, just go to the back of a boat, and there's a ladder there. Goofy as hell, man. I don't know. Just goofy. So they get they get bitten. I really wanted them to just, like, actually get eaten, but they got bitten real bad. Like, pretty impressive shark bites. Yeah. And then Mia stabs a shark in the eye with a shark tooth that she's been carrying. Irony! It's poet. It's poetry. Poetic. It's like it rhymes. Mm. So, who would like this movie? Final recommendations. Uh, if... If the premise of being underwater in a cave, running out of air with blind but heightened sense sharks, uh, with some of the craziest jump scares you've ever seen sounds good to you, then this movie's for you. And if you like story, plot, (laughs) things that make sense. Or characters. Characters or boys, not so much for you. If girls are your thing, also pretty good movie lots of scantily clad babes totes babes yeah i would say if you're looking for a movie about shark eating about sharks eating people this is a movie about sharks eating people not the best movie about sharks eating people because jaws exists right and jaws three (laughs) <laughs> and the Meg. And the, well, the Meg is worse than this. The Meg brought us the great line, what line? which is the same quality of, of dialogue as in this movie. Um, the line I off quote, and I finally got a clip of it. Here we go. It's already proven aggressive towards boats. Mmm, that Meg. Damn it. Coming at the, it's already proven aggressive towards boats. You gotta be careful because. It's already proven aggressive towards boats. There, well, there was a lot of tragic boating accidents in that episode. Yeah. No, not so, not so many in this one. This one, no, yeah. All right, so that's forty-seven meters down, uncaged. Sorry, uncaged. Uncaged. Which, ironically, there was a few cages that worked to their uh, to their. Was there a cage? Yeah, I mean, there was like peligro danger signs on a few like. Like real flimsy looking wire mesh. Oh, yeah, there's a wire mesh. I count that as a cage. Okay. If it could be fashioned into a cage, it's a cage. (laughs) All right, let's go into taglines. So taglines is a bit where we come up with alternate taglines for the movie we're reviewing. It's simple. Don't overthink it. So 47 meters, 47 meters down. I forgot the name of the film already. (laughs) I'm already, I'm already done with this one. 47 meters down uncaged. Totally jossum. <laughs> Yay! Street sharks! Hooray! This is an alternate name for the movie. Okay. This is The Ruins Submerged. Same place yeah. in the world. It's same, same ancient Mayan civilization stuff. It's just, I mean, it's just submerged. Yeah, and just less interesting. Well. Okay. The plants screamed instead of the fish. <laughs> Remember that? That's true. The the plants scream. 
47 meters down uncaged. Albino shark do 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 albino shark do 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 albino shark do 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 albino shark. You got the uh, you got the tempo of that down. Yeah, uh, bad. It's not it's not as good as it. I think it goes albino shark do 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 albino shark do 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 do. Okay, well I don't. My campfire version is different mm-hmm. than yours. Well, we didn't want that copyright strike. Oh that, right, right, that right, right, I got right, us. right, right. I got it for yeah. us though. 47 meters down. Come to see 47 meters down to find out exactly how hungry blind sharks are. Very, very, very hungry. 47 meters down uncaged. Why is the shark always got to be white? <laughs> oh, yeah, true. Yeah, where's my, where's my uh, other sharks at? I don't know. What am I allowed to say? Where nothing makes sense but the jump scares. 47 meters down, uncaged. <laughs> I got one left. Do you have more? I have one more. Yeah. Okay, 47 meters down, uncaged. Basic bitches, underwater. Nah. 47 meters down, uncaged. If the sharks don't get you, the bends also won't get you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, that's taglines. Now, horror movie news. Just a couple things. Uh, I didn't spend a ton of time compiling this, but the headlines that I saw that interested me, an extended director's cut of Mike Flanagan's The Haunting of Hill House is coming to Blu-ray. So that's one of the best horror series that's come out in recent history. It was streaming on Netflix, and now they're coming out with Blu-ray, extended director's edition, um, shared by Amblin over Twitter, it looks like the extended cut of The Haunting of Hill House will only be released on Blu-ray, and it's up for pre-order right now through Amazon. We will provide a link to that pre-order on our website. Click through, pre-order it, and we'll get a little taste of that, I think. Yeah, but that was a great – that was a really great – like, if you haven't if you haven't watched that yet – We really should do, like, a – On Netflix. Like a patron, uh, Patreon – they're coming. On. Did you hear that they that they've got a second season lined up, and that the, of course, the director is saying, or whoever it is, whoever I saw this quote from, is saying it's way scarier than the really? first. Like he 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 was he made a point of being like the this makes the first looks like look like child's play, which is impressive to me because mm. the first was so so well done and yeah. so legitimately scary. I don't know. Yeah, I'm worried that. I trust Mike Flanagan. He hasn't made a bad movie yet. And his next movie is going to be Dr. Sleep. That's right. The uh, Shining sequel. Yeah. Um, I prepared for that. I, I listened to the audiobook of Dr. Sleep. I don't know if I told you that. Oh, And the know- audiobook of, of The Shining. We got to... So we need to schedule out when we're going to review The Shining mm, the and Shining. Dr. Sleep because... Aaron said that she would be interested in, in watching That's right. It. That's right. Because she, she looked at doc, the Dr. Sleep trailer and it's, she seemed interested. You know, a minor side note on this. I've been reading a book that I just, I, I keep forgetting to mention it to you, but I think it's it's right up your alley. It has nothing to do with horror, but it does have to do with, uh, it's called Educated, and it has to do with um, a, a little girl growing up, um, very strict Mormon in, <clears throat> in Idaho. Huh. And just 
just an amazingly fast read. It's so good. Um, How did you come across it? Uh, a friend from work uh, said I would said I would like it and, and handed it to me. Huh. And um, who? It's not specific. It's Mormon is a secondary, right? So if anybody who's listening right now, um, Bryce is in. I mean, you can describe. Yeah. You can describe yourself. Yeah, it's uh, Mormon is is kind of the secondary virtue of, of like it's of at least the first half of this book the the part that i'm done with it starts becoming more of a thing the second half when she gets into byu but just a tremendous like so like the amount of trauma that this family put her through is and her and her brother her like million brothers and sisters is just jarring and fascinating it's Mm. like the psychology behind what's going and i i draw i've been drawing a lot of parallels with how my my dad's brothers and sisters have raised their kids like just this very strict religious upbringing right anyway so yeah i mean that that stuff is always super interesting to me because i was raised in it and very very much like like I knew, I I knew everything. I know everything about the culture and the doctrine and and all that stuff. Yeah. So it's all the nuance. Yeah. I love I love reading new stories about Mormons or seeing movies about Mormon stuff because I can pick out the inaccuracies and just be like, no, that's not how. Yeah. Latest in Mormon news. This is a sidetrack, but latest in Mormon news is uh, Elizabeth Smart's dad came out as homosexual. I, I don't know who that no, is. No, anyone cares. Yeah. Elizabeth Smart, the girl that got kidnapped. No? Yeah, okay. In Utah. And, and that's notable. It's not notable because because Bryce or I care about people being gay. It's notable because the Mormon church has a, a has had a long and tenuous relationship with its gay members. Right. All right. Anyways, next news item. Neil Blomkamp no longer directing RoboCop Returns announces and he announced that he's going to work on a new flick so blomkamp on twitter said off robocop i'm shooting a new horror thriller and mgm can't wait uh need to shoot robocop now excited to watch it in the theaters with other fans so just sounds like scheduling things and he didn't he was want to do it this is unfortunate in my opinion because i mean this is kind of horror adjacent obviously robocop not horror but it is sci-fi and a lot of sci-fi is pretty close and he blancamp he did district nine he did elysium district nine to me is one of the best examples of really truly great sci-fi that's in been kind of hard to come by recently. Yeah, and top tier body horror. And I top, mean, you got you got to say that's a body horror movie. And it's a lot of tongue in cheek comedy, like like what RoboCop had. He has that kind of feel. So I uh, I really and RoboCop being one of my favorite series from the eighties, maybe of ever, is uh, I really would like to have seen him do that. Yeah, David was pretty bummed out. I'm of the opinion of just leave it alone. Ditch, we, we don't ditch RoboCop. We don't need another RoboCop. Mm. Just the films already exist. Yeah. It's, are you going to make it better than the original? Yeah, District Nine was so so new and interesting. I yeah, like I said to David when we were chatting before, I'd just rather Neil Blomkamp focus on new movies or right. new ideas because yeah. even if they don't deliver, at least it's not delivering on a new idea, and not and not not delivering on RoboCop. Right. You know. Yeah, that's so. true. Anyways, 
That's our show for today. Thank you so much for listening. Please, again, if you like the show, subscribe. Leave us a rating on iTunes if that's where you found us. Share it with a friend. That's how we keep growing. And, you know, we don't advertise. We really don't put in a ton of effort (laughs) to to marketing other than posting our stuff on social media and uh, interacting with people and getting them excited. And hoping hoping that you guys help us out in that regard. Yeah. Uh, Again... Check out Shutter. Use code HMT at checkout to get a 30-day free trial. Amazon, if you're going to buy anything on Amazon, please go to our website at horrormovietalk.com and click through to Amazon through there so you can help support the show. Check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash horrormovietalk, and you'll get a, if you become a patron, you'll get access to exclusive bonus content. Thanks again. Hey, uh, before we go, I do want to say... Buddy, you know who you are. I'm. I. I am sorry if I offended you, and uh, and we would like to have you back as a patron. So just, uh, <laughs> I'm just saying, uh, I'm sorry, and uh, I do love you very much. Mm-hmm. Bye. Okay, guys. Bye, bye. We love you. Nine eleven. <laughs> <laughs>